you know, I spent almost my whole life like president of the I fucking hate running club, like truly, seriously, full stop. Never, ever, ever thought I would be someone who who runs a 5K, yet alone runs a marathon, yet alone has a job as a runner now. That's Kelly Roberts of the Badass Lady Gang. I'm Cara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. It's Wednesday. We have made it into February. We we have made it here. <laughs> I woke up yesterday at like 6.50 and I was like, oh my God, it's light out. We're almost there. And it gave me like, oh, thank God. That's the hardest part of winter is like knowing that you need to wake up and it's still dark out. It's just, there's something wrong about it. I really hope we fix that with the getting rid of daylight savings business. We need to do it. it the darkness <laughs> is so brutal. It is. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you today. I have been following you for such a long time. And a friend of mine, Carla, is actually in the San Diego chapter. And I just have so many questions, you know, powerful ladies to badass ladies. Like, where did this originate from? How did you be like, I have to create an entire community of badass ladies? I love that you know Carla because she's such a perfect example of why we exist. The Badass Lady Gang is a buy and for women's running community. And we're a very different kind of running community. It's hard to explain to people what we are because the second we kind of say that, we just like see people immediately like go, running is the worst. <laughs> I hate running. Like it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Which I get because I was that, you know, I spent almost my whole life like president of the I fucking hate running club. Like truly, okay. seriously, full stop. Never ever, ever thought I would be someone who who runs a 5K, yet alone runs a marathon, yet alone has a job as a runner now. Like I (laughs) I just, I never was athletic. I really wasn't. I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like the world. I'm really competitive. So I like being competitive, but I don't like, I didn't like team sports. I didn't like Mm -hmm. any, any of that. So for me, like, when I was in high school, when I was in middle school, when I was in early college years, the only times I would work out was in a relentless pursuit of weight loss because I have a different body type than a skinny body type. And, you know, those of us who aren't Gen Z, like didn't have the luxury of growing up in a world where we talked about body type, you mm-hmm. know? So I was just among the the larger body types that were convinced that I just had a problem that needed to be solved. I was unhealthy, right? Like we were only framed as healthy or unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You either looked like you took care of yourself or you didn't take care of yourself, with we, which we now know is so, like could not be further from the truth. Yeah. And I found running because my life fell apart, which I now mm-hmm. know that like, that's why most, most, most adults run because their lives <laughs> fall apart, which I had no clue. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. truly genuinely thought like, I really did think there were three types of runners, like very, very serious marathoners and people who have been running forever, mm-hmm. people on weight loss journeys who only did it because they were losing weight or turkey trotters, like people who ran once a year because the very serious marathoner in their life like made them. Yeah. I genuinely thought that was it. and once. I was in a place where I was like just desperate enough to start running. I loved how it made me feel because I was in this period of my life where I was using exercise as a way to kind of avoid feelings. 
Mm-hmm. When I was in uh, college, my younger brother passed away and I was very lucky to be in a theater community. I was getting an undergraduate degree in theater. So I was able to use both theater and working out as a way to not deal with my grief. I could mm-hmm. just overload myself, throw myself into characters or throw myself into going to the gym twice a day. And then every time my head hit the pillow, like I didn't have time to think about how much pain I was in or like how worried I felt about ever feeling happy again, like how guilty I felt. I could just go to sleep, which was such a relief. But when I graduated college, I lost both those things. I lost my free gym and I lost my school structure. I lost my theater community. I lost I lost it all. And I kind of was looking at this future of like, oh God, now what? So I like moved home and I and I really I didn't even try and even tried to pursue a life in the arts. I just panicked. And I started having a hard time going to school or not school, going to the gym mm-hmm. twice a day. It got it got harder and harder to motivate myself to work out like a fiend. And so I started feeling again. And I was kind of in like a not kind of, I know I was. I was in like a manic episode. I hadn't slept mm-hmm. in a couple of days. I was really in a bad, bad place. And I it was Thanksgiving, the gym was closed. And I was kind of like, if I want to move running it's probably it and I tried to run multiple times in my life I always thought that would be the thing that made me skinny and walking was always the thing that stopped me I didn't know that runners walked I had no (laughs) clue I had no clue that everybody walked I thought running was you just you run you force gump it you run and run and run and run and run until you get back home and every time I needed to walk like that was kind of the thing that made me feel like a failure and embarrassed so I would just turn around and go home and but this day, like I was genuinely scared what would happen if I got back in bed. So I was like, I just need to keep going. So I would walk and I would run and I would walk and I'd run. Mm-hmm. And like two months later, I ran a half marathon. And then five months later, I ran a marathon. And my life changed. Like it it just, well, one, at that time in my life, like I very much like filled one vice with another and was like, running is the thing that makes me not have to deal with my feelings. Like I love it. <laughs> and then it became the thing that kind of helped me get the courage to like get back into therapy and start doing work around like body image issues and my grief and finance trauma, like all these other things that weirdly like helped gave me space to think and process with the help of professionals. Like running is not therapy. Running is a tool in, you know, a bigger thing. And I like you know, that marathon gave me courage to move to New York. And I started like two months, not two months, like four months after I moved to New York, I went viral in 2014 for taking selfies with quote unquote hot guys behind me while I ran a half marathon. And like, that's why I started a blog. And then from there, it was just storytelling, you know, through storytelling, Mm -hmm. I found that like, of course, I'm not alone, you know, in this struggle runner, unlikely runner working out to try to fit you know, what we think health looks like. And uh, it, it's just like this natural progression. It's been a very long time. And it, it was not an overnight thing. You know, it's, I've been doing this nine years now. But like people like Carla, you know, these really beautiful, strong, incredible community leaders who wanted to create community were in the gang. And so like we were able to create chapters of Badass Lady Gang and create group runs that are very different. Like you don't go to a group run of Badass Lady Gang and like we're not running a 5K, we're not running a 10K. You're going to stay together. And like we we always say there's like walking gang, talking gang, and then like running gang. And like you get to do all three at every workout. So we do things very differently, but it's hard to mm-hmm. explain to people because we all have these like preconceived notions yeah. of what running is. And it's not that. 
<laughs> it's so funny how something as innocent as running has is so decisive. Like it really does either make people super excited or be like, eh, it's like a spreadsheet. People either love a spreadsheet or they will run away from the spreadsheet. <laughs> I will run away from a spreadsheet. I am that person. I, I, it's a great analogy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Carla's one of those people who I've never seen not smiling and like not beaming smiling. I actually ran a Ragnar, the SoCal Ragnar with her as part of like a 12 set. And I think I'm really happy that things like the Ragnar races are coming up and like showing that running is a group sport and that it can be silly and ridiculous. And like, I do not have a runner's body type at all. Like even at whatever weight people think I'm supposed to be at, I never look like I should run a marathon. Like, and it's clear and evident in like the lack of sports bras that work for me to run. So it's so interesting to see like who is running and how many people are embracing it, ages, different demographics. It just makes me happy that we can play again versus it make it professional or nothing. Totally. Because that's what it was. It was like, if you're not really good at it, if you don't know what you're doing, like there's no space for you. That's kind of what we all <laughs> thought. If you're a before version of yourself or all these weird yeah. tropes that we've kind of been sold by diet culture and the running industry too you know like i've been in the running industry now for nine years not just like a runner but like in the industry and yeah. like i remember what it was like nine years ago it was not what it's like today and we still have a very very long way to go mm -hmm. but like the role that fat phobia and anti-fatness has played in the industry you know like just this idea mm -hmm. of a runner's body is something like we talk about in the sense that like we we slap a band-aid on like if you run you're a runner but like people don't dig into why do we feel this way or like why mm -hmm. do we believe these things or why do we believe that everyone forest gumps it like why do people not know that yeah. people walk and why don't people know that like you don't need to run a marathon like there's a reason mm -hmm. a very small percentage of people run marathons and yet like that's this weird central spoke yep. Which is like, what? Why are we creating our brand around the thing that no one does? <laughs> it's it's wild. I I spent a long time in the the footwear and apparel industry for sports. Right, I was at Puma, Reebok, like Saucony. So, like the running space, core running to me is so much like core skateboarding. Also, where I've hung out and work, and. I don't understand why like this core, the core center of the target of this of the demographic for that whole space why it becomes so ex exclusive like are you running totally. sub 3 hours are you wearing all this stuff do you have the thing do you have the like and you're like wait what like this all started because it was accessible like you need a pair of shoes or a pair of shoes and a skateboard and you can do this sport so like when did it become shh <laughs> Don't tell them where we're going. I don't understand that piece of it. Neither do I. And I have done like a fair amount of consulting work with brands too. And mm -hmm. I've been having the same conversation with them. And I see their decks. Like I, I've seen so yeah. <laughs> many of like the big giant multi-billion dollar companies of them like mm -hmm. talking about like their, you know, post-mortem of the last couple of years and like where they're going and projections and stuff like that. And I'm like, you get it. Like, I'm looking at you talk about the fact that the yeah. everyday person who's never going to run a race is your core mm -hmm. person. And the fact that, like, this this portion of the running world spends all of the money. Mm -hmm. But 
yet your everything markets to the fast person or the person who's it just doesn't make any sense and I'm I just sit there and I'm like I don't get it like I don't mm-hmm. I think a piece of it is cool right like it's very cool to see the people who are like breaking breaking records and it's very cool mm-hmm. to see what am I capable of? But then it like it does, it walks that fine line. And I'm not even going to say it walks that fine line. They see the fine line and they like run over to the other side. <laughs> yeah. And then every once in a while, they'll like throw photos of the communities up, but then they won't stick up for them, you know? Cause like mm-hmm. if you, if you were to go to your everyday community, if you were to go to your local crew, which everyone mm-hmm. has one, you know, most of them are yep. really underground and they're very like different and cool. And I don't mean underground in a way that's like, Ooh, cool kids, but like more just like <laughs> the secret. They're just yeah, busy people who like mm-hmm. aren't screaming from the rooftops. They like meeting once a week is enough. Yeah. They look like everyone. They look like you and me. They've got mm-hmm. fat people, they've got skinny people, they've got everyone in between. They've got old people, they've got young people. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while you'll see them and like the brands won't stick up for the fat runners that they're trying to like tokenize. You know, all mm-hmm. the fat phobia will come out in the comments and like they won't say anything. And it's like, why, yep. why are we like this? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's an area where the yoga community has actually done a much better job. They're much faster at this, like sponsoring what would be considered like a fat yoga person or what like all different body types, all different genders. They're all being sponsored and represented and seen. Peloton's now doing it too. Like when they just released their new kind of coaching segment, you're like, oh, these don't look like a regular Peloton coach anymore. So I do think it's really interesting because even looking at the Jordan brand, Jordan brand does not make money off of basketball players. They make their money off of people who sit on a couch all day and wear Jordans. So I understand like wanting to like tell the story, like the just do it has to be everywhere. Like when I was at Reebok, they were pitching a campaign called Run Easy and it didn't work. And I think it didn't, I saw it and I'm like, ooh, they're this close and they're not getting the core point because they wanted to embrace, this is back in 2007, they wanted to embrace like everyone runs. Like this is how long they've known this, if not before. And they launched this Run Easy campaign, but it was in the face of like Under Armour just spiking and all of this like really aggro athletic approach in the space. And they even had some t-shirts that were like run at the speed of talk or chat, which I was like, that's a great message, but they didn't connect it to that. They didn't make that bridge that I think badass lady gang has of this is fun and this is okay. It was like, here's a running program for the losers. It's like how it looked versus here's oh. a running program for reality. <laughs> yeah. And it becomes this like, I, 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 I totally know what you're saying because I like we've watched, they've gotten so much better at it. Mm-hmm. We won't see that anymore. They've, they've finally figured it out, but I think it, they figured it out because all of those campaigns are now rooted in real people. Like they mm-hmm. find, they find the real people who are doing the work, the badass lady gangs of the world yes. or, you know, the black men run all mm-hmm. of those mm-hmm. different, different organizations and people out there. And they say, look, this person doesn't look like dumb this person looks badass look at them doing the thing and you're able to be like oh okay i see that person i see that person i see that person i see that person and now i'm hearing their story about how they work two jobs and also find Mm -hmm. time to like run half marathons and like connect with these like you're like okay i get it but like i'm totally with you like i've seen so many where i'm like 
uh, <laughs> like, what is this garbage? And now we're kind of in the space where we're like, great. We see the messaging. Love it. Mm-hmm. But like, you do know that you support like no runners with your clothing, right? Like, <laughs> great. It's, let's have that conversation. I, I really, I'm, I'm going to put this out there right now for whoever wants my feedback. Being someone who is from a product background, no one is getting sports bras right. No one is getting women's shorts right. Please come call me. Those are the two areas in particular that make me insane. Like, why do I need to run in duct tapes and full leggings? Those are my only <laughs> options. I can't tell you how many times I've thought of like, like, you know how boob tape became a thing in the last yes. couple of years? Like women are now like for like going out, they're like taping their boobs. And I'm like, genius. And I'm like, I'm already taping because like I'm taping yeah. seams so that yeah. I don't chafe. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm taping up, but I'm like, I, one can't afford to tape as much as they are. Like that tape's expensive. But yeah. also, and I'm also like environment, like, oh, why can't we just figure out a good bra? But I'm also so curious, like, do I just like, is that the answer is to like tape? Because you're so right. Like there's, and what I've come to learn because sports bras have been like my bread and butter for for a while now, I started this social media movement called the Sports Press Squad a couple of years ago. And as we have like every year launched Sports Press Squad Day, which happens in July, like we've learned so much more about sports bras and like the, the mm-hmm. industry and why we haven't seen or have seen, I don't want to say any innovation because we have seen innovation, but like why it's so slow and why the sizing is so exclusive and awful. It's like women don't know their body shapes. That's the biggest piece of the puzzle. And they change so much. Yeah. Like it's, it's, there isn't, we can't have small, medium, large, extra large, double X. Like that's not it. It's, there's so much variety. Like it, it's just, there's a great poster, right? Of like, just like all different shapes boobs can be. And then you take all those shapes and you put them on all different sizes and all different heights and. Like usually like, it's like, okay, the cup size fits, but now I need to like take the straps to a tailor and shorten them two inches because apparently my shoulder to boob ratio is shorter than other people. I don't yes. know. Yes. Or why am I being poked under the armpit now? Like, why is there something way back here? Like who did a blind person or someone with their eyes closed make this and never actually put it on a human or never... They put out, I mean, we used to do it all the time for cost and time savings. You fit it on like two people. You don't fit all of them. And then this, the grading comes out and you're like, um, that's not what that was supposed to look like. <laughs> There's this fabulous woman, uh, Laura Tempesta. She has this, she has this website, Bravolution. She's Ooh. like one of the few people in the world who like genuinely knows sports bras in and out. She like... I, she was at Nike when she went and got this like master's program in both like I think it's like lingerie and uh I don't want to say it was physics but it might have been physics right because There's a like, lot of physics involved yeah so she <laughs> so she left Nike a couple years later but like now she kind of like works with everyone so mm-hmm. she's now like the one person who knows about it and can work with everybody but it's like 
she's doing so much education work about helping people like shoulder, shoulder, like the way your shoulders are is yeah. like the biggest thing everyone should know, which like, I don't know about you, but like no one ever told me that once in my <laughs> whole entire life. And even when I was looking at like the educational resources she has out, I was like, I don't know what does this. And it wasn't until like she walked me through it that I was like, why, 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 why is she the only one talking mm-hmm. about this? And like helping people understand what do you enjoy? Do you like compression or do you like more encapsulation? And like, what does mm-hmm. that mean? And do you need an H-back or do you need a cross-back? And like mm-hmm. all this stuff. But like, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating like that no one teaches us about boobs. No one teaches us about our cycles or perimenopause or postmenopause. Like all of these things that we have to deal with as women. It's just like already it's it's frustrating. But then you add all this other shit and you're just like... I kind of just want to grab a flamethrower and burn it all down. Yeah. It, it, it makes me think about, there was a book I read a long time ago about dogs and how it was the first anthropologist who had studied dogs because we were like, oh, we know dogs. We don't have to study them. And I think that's how people have treated boobs. Like, we know them. We don't have to study them. We got it. And you're like, <laughs> what do you got? Like, how many have you actually seen in your own, own life? Like, okay, you're not qualified. <laughs> No, no. And it's so frustrating. Mm-mm. Well, and I think I think a part people miss also with the sports bra space is in the physics, how people's boobs move differently when they're running. Like the fact that it's not like it can be up and down, it can be swirl side to side. Like there's different things based on where the weight distribution is in your own boobs. So it's not even like keep them up. Like that's not even what we know we need. <laughs> I did. I did a commercial last year, like last November, and the stylists were wonderful. They were so sweet, but like weren't runners and like they're fashion stylists. Yeah. And I'm in a space now where like I've been doing this long enough that like I'm pretty outspoken about things. Mm -hmm. And I now know like not to sit in silence. And before the shoot, like I sent them an email and I'm like, hey, these are the three sports bras I will wear. Like, this is it. This, these are the only three that will work for me. Like, I promise you, I've tried every single one. I have yeah. them all in my house. <laughs> and I got I got on set and like they were, those three were not there. And so I had to wear like two sports bras and like a lot of the comments on the videos, besides being really fat phobic, were like, get her a supportive sports bra. And it's like, uh. Yeah, there, there are moments when I'm running and I feel like I need to apologize for the community I'm running past because... <laughs> It's obnoxious. Like this is, I understand it's borderline offensive what's happening while I'm running at the same time. So like, sorry, like <laughs> I can't control it. The sports bra is not working. Or have you ever had a sports bra break on you mid run? That's my favorite. I have never had that, but I wear like pretty industrial strength bras. Like it would be hard for one of them to break on me. I've had, I've had yeah. leggings rip on me. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so many, so many fun things to look forward to. Yeah. (laughs) Let alone the fact that you can't breathe and you're, you have a cramp and you still have 20 miles to go. (laughs) Right. I remember years and years and years ago, I was signed with a brand and then they let me go and I was running in their bras, which were like six months old. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. And it, I, I didn't realize I was chafing. I think I was running like a 15 mile training run, getting ready for a marathon. And I'm running through New York City, 15 miles through New York City. And New York City, the running scene is so close. So like, I probably saw 30 people I knew, like just out running in the yeah. morning on a Saturday. And everyone's like, hey, hey. And I kind of, everyone's faces were 
of surprise, but like, I don't know. I'm an Instagram person. Sometimes people are genuinely yeah. surprised to see me. <laughs> and so I just like kind of copied it up to that, copped mm-hmm. up to that. And and when I I had called my cousin who lived on the route to be like, can you bring me like a Gatorade outside? I don't want to run into a store. And I run out and he was like, ah, ah, ah. And I was like, what? And he's like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I looked down and my whole shirt was covered in blood. I was wearing a white <gasps> shirt and it literally looked like I was shot. And I was like, and it wasn't until I like put my camera down to film because I was vlogging mm-hmm. at the time. And you could see it on my face, like the pure horror. And I was like, how many people saw me like this? That I was mm-hmm. out, which of course, like that's where I'm, that's what I'm most worried about is like, how many people saw me like this? But more importantly, like then I started to feel it and I posted about it online. And the the owner of the company, a woman, by the way, had the gall to like, rip me a new one in an email and be like, you need to replace your sports bras every year. And like, this isn't on us and all this, like just like a nasty, mean email. And I remember being like, are you out of your fucking mind? Who can afford to replace four $75 emails or emails, sports bras (laughs) every year? Mm -hmm. If your bra isn't going to hold up longer than two or three years, like I understand the spandex is going to wear out a little bit. Right. But that's why you buy a size so that your clasping as it stretches out can get tighter. Like if you're buying Mm -hmm. a bra that you're immediately putting on the smallest clasp, like you're in the wrong size. You Mm -hmm. need to be, you need to be putting it on the longest so that it stands the test of time. Also, don't dry your sports bras. Make sure you're hang drying them. They'll last longer. But like I just remember feeling so frustrated because they were like feminism and like girl power like this whole brand and then she like ripped me a new one even though her fucking sports bra made me bleed as badly as I did this is where my business coach brain turns on and I go what a missed opportunity for customer service and creating fans right like to send you a note and do it publicly like oh my gosh we're so sorry here's a new set we sent you some this is and like you could have used as an education moment in your content like ah it put such a bad taste in my mouth. And it just made me, it bummed me out, bums me out that like so many of us buy these like really subpar products yeah. and just deal with it because there's not better. And it's too overwhelming to figure out what better would be. Like, and I, I, we've talked about this a couple of times with different guests on this podcast about depending on what category they're in, like organic food or clean living or something like we have to do so much research today to figure out anything that's within our zone of values and so when we were like oh my god like a sports bra like i think i've had buy new sports bras on my to-do list probably for six months and i'm just like (laughs) i don't even know where to go because my go-to source doesn't work anymore and now i need to like i'm like how can i delegate this to someone so now i know i can just delegate to you (laughs) i can help you right now what's your favorite type of sports bra um i like encapsulation or compression compression so compression, for those who don't know, compression, think like tight against your chest. Encapsulation is like more of a cup and like the cups mm-hmm. normally like either will have an underwire or not. So you like compression. So what's mm-hmm. your bra size? Usually a like a 34 double D. Okay, great. Have you ever tried the Lululemon energy? No, energy, Lululemon. Oh, it might be the energy the one that i'm looking of i can't remember it off the top of my head right now but it has like two straps in the back and they they 
are adjustable and then they okay. crisscross. That's Ooh. a really good bra. And then okay. I would really try, do you mind a cross back? No. Mm-mm. I would really try the Under Armour high support sports okay. bra. Okay, that one perfect. is actually probably going to be so much better for you because the foam that they use is pretty, pretty good. And it's not Pre- that expensive. Yeah. Well, and I, the, I used to do, do the encapsulated ones and those are the ones that actually have broken on me because they have like zippers and literally oh, running yeah, yeah, and like yeah. the zippers just all split. And I'm like, well, guess I'll walk home. <laughs> Did you try the Lululemon air support bra while it was out? I've actually never tried any Lululemon sports bras. I, the only oh. Lululemon product I own is a backpack and it was a gift to me. So I'm like 1% of the female population. The thing about Lululemon is their sale is fantastic online. Mm. So like if you can, you can find their sports bras for really, really cheap. But I would try the Under Armour one or I would just mm-hmm. like ask your girlfriends, anyone who might be your size, see if they have that bra so you can try it on. Perfect. Well, I will. T- there's a Lululemon very close to my house, so I just need to take my ass down there, and that will be what I do on Saturday. <laughs> oh my god, you can't catch me in a store like if my life depended on it. Like I will spend a thousand dollars online and then return ninety nine percent of it to try it on. Him. I know it's so true, and at the I'm same the time, problem. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're why we're not getting free shipping anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like ruining the world, and we're not getting free shipping. I know, I I'm the problem. <laughs> When you look at what you've created, what has both surprised you and what has made you the most proud? What's most surprised me is how few of us there are in the running space. You know, like how few, how few like, because we're a community, of course, but then we also have training resources. You know, we have teams, Mm -hmm. we have experiences and stuff like that. And we do it very differently. We come at it very much from a, you're probably not going to do this all. You're going to probably do 50, 60, 70% of what's prescribed. So mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we're setting you up in a way that even though you'll go into a race under a little bit undertrained, which is totally fine, you feel confident about that. And you're also yeah. not going to like break yourself trying to catch up, right? Like there's no catching up. There's mm-hmm. just be where you are. We come at it from that perspective, but then also the mental game, how few, like, I'm really lucky that, you know, I had sports psychologists advise all the the mental stuff that we did and learning from them. So like so much of what we do is really rooted in that sort of stuff, really understanding thoughts and not just running around being like positive thoughts, just think positive. (laughs) We're more like, I don't really care about positive or negative. I just want to know if it's accurate. You know, like Mm -hmm. what are you saying to yourself in moments? Like we need to get curious about that. We can't reframe things unless we know what you're saying to yourself. The fact that no one's doing that work is weird to me when like that seems to be the only way, you know? So I just, there's so many running coaches and I don't want to say they're all terrible because I'm sure they're all lovely. But like when we think about what we want out of stuff, none of us are going to the Olympics. None of us are going to win the race. We're out there because we're chasing our own personal stuff. So like the fact that so many people aren't, Mm-hmm. really zeroing in on that stuff and supporting runners where they are is weird to me. It freaks me out a little how many runners come to me and I see the work that they were doing and I'm like, mm-hmm. you should not be running that much. Like, that's insane. No wonder you yeah. feel like you're doing everything wrong. It's like, you're not a nine minute miler. I don't know why you're being treated like, like mm-hmm. you can go run six, nine mi- or six miles in 60 minutes. Like, it's going to take you 90 minutes. Like who has time to do two hours of a workout, like four days a week? Yeah. I don't. And running's my job. 
<laughs> so I, weird. No, I, I really am glad that you said that because I feel like the biggest battle, even in my line of work of, of the business coaching side of things is, is people are like, there's all these things we should do. Here's all these downloads. There's all these guides. And you're like, it doesn't matter if it's not the one for you. Please stop adding all this stuff I should be doing to your plate. Cause then you're like, why am I overwhelmed? I'm like, I don't know. Cause you're doing 80% of things you shouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's wild. Like how, well, it's not wild because I, so there's this organization, which I don't want to rag on them, but like everyone mm-hmm. who becomes a running coach kind of like goes through the same avenue. Mm-hmm. And I learned nothing in that two day <laughs> course, like genuinely learned nothing. Yeah. But like, I remember, like seeing all of it and being like I wouldn't do it that way I wouldn't do it that way I definitely wouldn't do it that way like it very much felt like if you were training a very fast runner like a lot of that would apply mm-hmm. but most people are not fast they're they're definitely 10 plus minute milers the the vast majority of people 12 13 14 mm-hmm. 15 16 17 minute milers and no one really teaches people how to help those people everyone <laughs> which yeah. is wild it's like it would be like taking a class on how to like raise a cat and then getting a tiger. And you're like, I just don't understand. I tried the catnip. (laughs) And it's like, well, they're not the same thing. Please include that into future merchandise graphics. I really want to see. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, and the, and the thing is like, if people really want to be a faster runner, you have to start wherever you are, which might be 15 minute miles. Like, you have to do it first before you can get better. Like, yeah. Why are we? Why was, is our commu- culture why so are we like this? rough on everybody? Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like also social media is the biggest blessing and also the biggest curse. You know, yeah. like it's such a blessing because when you think about something like running, like you don't know anything about running. Why would you? If you didn't run in high school or college, like your frame of reference is probably nothing, you know? So where are you going to learn about this sport? Like not magazines, not like, yeah, you can go to books, but who's going to be like, I'm going to read four books to learn about the running. No, like we just don't know anything. Like we don't know the verbiage. We don't know the vocabulary. So like social media or blogs is where a lot of people like get their information. Obviously, yes. Online publications as well. But like when you're starting to see these influencers in your feed and like I did this, I had a platform immediately and I knew nothing. I knew nothing about running. And I tried really hard to keep all my content less about like how to and more about like uh, we call it evergreen, which means like it's just like lasting and lasting and lasting. I tried to just make funnier content, like relatable content because I didn't know what I was talking about. But I did give advice and I look back on it and I'm like, yikes, <laughs> yikes. I didn't know what I was talking about. Like I was a women's running magazine <laughs> contributor. I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. And it's like, I'll see these videos now where people be like, things to tell new runners. And I'm like, oh no, no. Oh no. Oh, that's okay. Like, but it's also like, there's no such thing as one new runner. Like everybody Mm -hmm. has a different background with athleticism. If you come from a pretty athletic background, you're going to take to it probably a lot quicker than Mm -hmm. someone who doesn't have an athletic background. If you're a slower runner, your experience is going to be very different than someone who's running eight minute miles or seven minute miles or nine minute miles. So it's like, I watch some of this stuff and I'm just like, Oh, everyone's on their own journey. 
<laughs> bless you, bless you, bless you. Yeah. I'm just going to stay over here and just like stay in my lane. <laughs> well, and one of my my pieces of advice for people making stuff also is that for my own experience, people are really great at sharing steps like five to 10, but no one shares steps negative five through four. And like, I always joke about my hair as an example. I'm like, no, no, start at the beginning because I'm, it's something's not happening correctly. So like, what am I doing wrong? Like, am I putting on shampoo incorrectly? Like we might, that might be the first step. Do I not actually know how to wash my hair? And people, my hairdresser's a friend laughs at me and she's like, okay, hold on. Let me just tell you what I do from the beginning. I'm like, thank you. Why are we not doing this? Like you could be tying your shoe wrong. You could be wearing the wrong size shoes. You could have the wrong shoe for you. And that's just one piece of equipment. <laughs> like there's so many things that need to be like nuanced, especially when you're entering a space that makes you really uncomfortable. And I'm glad that the running world has you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> it's a weird world. Like I often, for the longest time, I would joke that I felt like I was in purgatory because I don't want to say I hate the running world because I don't, but like, I really don't enjoy it. Like, yeah. I don't enjoy the messaging. I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy like what everybody has decided we're doing. Like, I really don't, I don't subscribe to it. I don't, I'm not a mm -hmm. member, you know, like, <laughs> I just, I threw a party next door because I'm like running world adjacent. You know, I yeah. want to be on the block, but like, <laughs> I don't like the party. So like I'm through my own, you know, mm -hmm. you can. So it's just tough. It's just a weird yeah. world. It's still very inclusive. It's still very, very like, I don't know. It's exhausting. I think what you're feeling is called what it means to be a true trailblazer. Like it's, <laughs> it's lonely and you question yourself sometimes and you're like, wait, am I going the wrong way? And everyone else is going the right way. But you know deep down that you're on the right path. like, And that's why I think you need a community. You're like, hey, guys, I need support as much as you do. Come hang out over here. Please come to my party. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's exactly it's exactly it. Like it was lonely for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And I tried all the things, you know, I did the running fast and I did the be a serious runner. And I kind of like it really hurt me like mentally, physically. Working with brands was really hard. Like that really took a number on my like sense of self and self and worth. And I still like have to check in all the time and be like, chill. They yeah. don't care about you. They're never going to care about you. Like it's, it has nothing to do with you. Just <laughs> keep doing your thing. Yeah. We see you. I see you all the time on Instagram. I'm like high five and all the way through. Thanks. So keep going. <laughs> I like post and I get off. Like I can't spend time on Instagram. I can't. It's the worst thing for my mental health. It's, I've started doing, um, I was, I hosted a workshop in New York and I was so sad that like you like booked your um, podcast recording like the day I got back. I'm like, we could have hung out. No, but I'll be oh, back soon. Man. <laughs> but there's a, hang. oh yeah, me too. So you'll, you'll know when I'm, I'm back in town. And, um, but there's a, a PR person, this amazing woman on the, this panel I was hosting, and she talked about having this like secret Instagram account 
which I know people did, but I didn't realize how strategically she was using it. She's like, I have a secret account where I follow all the people I have to follow for business research and to know what's going on. And then I deleted everyone out of mine. So I never need to see any of the stuff that makes me sad on a regular basis. And I was like, why am I not doing that? I have the reverse of that. I have, (laughs) I have one for my like family and Mm -hmm. I post really dumb photos on it. Like things like (laughs) no one would care to see. And like that brings me joy, but like I don't spend time on it. Like I post it and then I post Mm -hmm. whatever I want to post and I get off. TikTok I love. TikTok I genuinely love because I don't follow anyone. Like it just shows me things that it knows I like. Although it's starting to get a little bit runny again. And I'm like, no, I'm not interacting with that content. Stop (laughs) showing me that. I want to see dog videos and Disneyland videos (laughs) and shark videos (laughs) and pool cleaning videos. All the weird things. Uh, we, I was so funny when you sit next to other people and realize how your TikTok is so different than theirs. So like, different. It's so wild. My brother's like, do you only get dog videos? I'm like, apparently. Are you apparently. on TikTok? Mm-hmm. What's, yeah. what's your algorithm? Like, what am I getting in my feed? I'm getting definitely animal videos, like babies doing funny things. Um, people having like physical injury in the comedy space. We're like... <laughs> trip falls stuff um i'm not getting weird stuff like my sister gets really weird like semi-uncomfortable things in her feed i'm like what are you liking that they're like she's down with this um but yeah it's mine is very like i probably have the same tiktok as like a 10 year old girl probably based on what's showing up Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) that's fantastic (laughs) yeah it's very pg-13 it's disney approved um yeah (laughs) I love yeah. TikTok. I they're like I can see them changing, and I'm like, no, yeah, don't so I am, do that. I'm really curious if it if all of it's true about like what information they're getting about us because I want to see that data. Like I want to know what psych- psychological things they're finding out about humanity through TikTok. I'm very curious. We have a friend who does documentaries, and this is like this is like tw- three people removed. So this is very telephone. So take this with a grain of salt. (laughs) This is not like straight from the horse's mouth. This was like my family told me this and I'm telling you. So they were doing a documentary on TikTok and they said your front facing camera watches your face and it registers movement. So whether you like don't like something or like Mm -hmm. something or like it's watching, it's registering what's happening with your face. So I know that we have, like, I have on my laptop the little slider so I can always cover my laptop camera. How do I get that from my phone? Because that I is know, right? So cre- It already I hears us talking. So Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I'm not saying that's how it works. I have no clue. But that's what I've heard. And it makes sense because I don't like anything. <laughs> yeah. So strange. If we go back to eight-year-old you, speaking of being a 10-year-old girl, we go back to yeah. eight-year-old you. Would she have expected that this is your life? I think eight-year-old me would have. You know, mm-hmm. I think eight-year-old me was still young enough that, like, the world was my oyster and I could do anything. You know, like, I think eight-year-old me would probably be bummed that I'm not, like, a killer well trainer at SeaWorld. I think that's yeah. what she really thought was going to be our life. But I do think, like, I, I think I think she would be like, yeah, that checks out. Mm-hmm. When I get a lot of questions about calling this podcast and this community Powerful Ladies. And for me, it was actually a really hard choice because most of my life I've had 
male mentors and been friends with more guys than girls. Like it was a stra- it was a new space for me to step into having majority women in my life, which I fully embrace. But I always go back and forth about like, oh, I love the name. I love having this tribe. And this is also why I sneak in like random guys into the podcast guest list. Cause I'm like, fuck it. They don't care what that's called. I want to talk to them. They, they're adding value to the community. Do you struggle with calling it the badass lady gang? Do you, when people ask you, how do you respond? Like, can we hang out? Like, how do you approach that? I struggle with it only in the sense that like, I I do believe gender is a construct, you know, like yeah. I genuinely like not to diminish the patriarchy. I do firmly <laughs> believe in the patriarchy and and see the systems in place. Mm-hmm. But like when I look at who like one, we we would never turn anyone away. We've had guys mm-hmm. come. We've had they's come and we've been nothing yeah. but like, oh, my gosh, we're so glad you're here. So yeah. I do think it. speaking of the patriarchy, I do think the space shifts working out with only women is oddly different. Mm-hmm. You know, it very, the dynamic changes a lot, which like surprises you and doesn't, right? Like, of course it doesn't surprise you because like the patriarchy, but it yeah. does surprise you because we're so often in spaces where we're like hypervigilant or like not ourselves mm-hmm. fully. We're not truly belonging to the space. We're totally changing bits and pieces of who we are that, you know, like that is a little jarring for people at first to be like, whoa, I just yeah. feel so different. You know, like that's so weird. I guess I've never, I've just never been put in a position where I had to think mm-hmm. about it or I've never noticed it. Badass Lady Gang, like the name itself started because the branding industry would never call us badass. Ever, 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 ever. Lady, because like, Come on. <laughs> like, yeah. It could be the, we're the furthest thing from lady. You know, like I took etiquette classes, like LOL, <laughs> not us. You know, and then gang, because it did feel a little bit like uh, so often for us, like running is scary, you know, mm-hmm. whether I just had an athlete yesterday who like someone like grabbed her ass when she was on a run. Like violence against women is a very real thing. It's so much worse for women of color gang because like no one would be afraid of us you know Mm -hmm. like we are the people who live in fear you know like your whole life you're taught don't get raped that's Mm -hmm. your experience as a woman and it it, like I didn't think much of it because it kind of just like felt funny at first but like the more I think about the name the more I feel like very it roots me further, you know, because mm-hmm. it just, it makes me mad. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's just, it's, it makes me mad that like, not the lady part of that part. I don't mind. But like the fact that like people wouldn't call us badass, we kind of have to like throw a bird up at them. And then mm-hmm. the fact that women spend so much of their lives fighting for anything, but then also mm-hmm. like just fighting for space to move safely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, so much worse for women of color and so much worse for the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. It just sucks. <clears throat> well, at the safety part is a big deal because especially if you're, the longer the run is, the further from home you're going to be. Yeah. And the more time you're going to need. And especially in the wintertime, you're like, cool, I can run at lunchtime. And then I can't run because yeah. I'm not going to run in the dark. I'm not going to run in the woods by myself. I'm not going to, like, we have all these... I have a whole list of where I wouldn't run on my own and went. Yeah. 
And then I have like guy friends, we we done like the 75 hard challenge together. And they're like, oh yeah, I got my run in at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, what? That's horseshit. The only workout I can do at 11 o'clock is in my living room. <laughs> yeah. And we just, it's, it's a part of the um, running experience that I do not, I think is maybe even talked about less than the demographical variety of who runs. Yeah, totally. I had a friend mugged running in New York City 20 or 15 years ago. So like, that's going to shit how you feel about running real fast. It's hard. You know, like I, when I started the sports bra squad, there's this, there's this term, it's called self-objectification. It's where you think about what other people think about you, right? It mm -hmm. takes you out of your experience and just other, you just look at yourself from the outside in. And it is often, not often, it's always bad. Like it, it mm -hmm. always makes you feel like shit. But like, not only is it like that element of it, but it's the safety element of it where you're thinking like, are you going to do something? Are you going to do something? Are you going to do something? And when I started the sports bra squad, I never could just enjoy a run. I was always hypervigilant, just like constantly mm -hmm. self-objectifying myself or looking around thinking like, are you going to do something because I'm a fat athlete running in a sports bra? You know, and like people have said stuff. No one's ever, no one's ever touched me. Mm -hmm. But like people have done weird things and made me feel not safe. It's just weird. It's weird how little autonomy we have over our bodies as women, as women of color or as people of, you know, the LGBTQ mm -hmm. plus community. It's just weird. The power over structure is so, so gross and scary. Mm -hmm. And for people who don't know what the sports bra run is it's literally all the women are running in sports bras which is such an empowerment opportunity because most women would never dare yeah no matter what size they are to go and run in only a sports bra on top they are wearing shorts or pants <laughs> i could not do that the bleeding alone <laughs> from the chafing would would really hurt <laughs> yeah it's I mean, it started as that. And then it like really became like, okay, how do we give women the tools they need to move towards body image resilience mm -hmm. where they're, or body image neutrality, like where they're mm -hmm. resilient in that, like, you know, that you're going to have good and bad body image days. Like that's everyone. You can't yeah. get away from that. But how can we get to a place where you're neutral about it? It's not good or bad. It's just, it is what it is. You're just mm -hmm. in your body. You know, you're, the focus isn't about looking. It's about feeling in your body. It's about what can you do in your body and like, you can't just get there. Like you can't just run. Like you, that won't just happen. Like if you don't have the tools that you need to get to that place, it's a pipe dream. So it's, it, it's come a long way, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. We still have a long way to go, but yeah. it just sucks. The things that we have to deal with on any given day. Yeah. A, a friend of mine does a, uh, body appreciation kind of yoga meditation class. Ooh, and at the end, like you go through this meditation where you say thank you to like every, it goes through a series of body parts. Inevitably, people are crying through this exercise because there's a part of your body you don't thank on a regular basis and you kind of don't want to thank it because you're mad at it for some reason. And it's such a enlightening and like it does open a can of worms sometimes, but it's it's a really powerful exercise to be able to say thank you for this and thank you for that and hey legs thank you for because 
we're so mean to ourselves and yet we have so many capabilities. So it's, yeah, I feel you. I feel this battle. When, oh. when you hear the words powerful ladies separately and then next to each other, do they change when they're on their own, powerful and ladies versus combined? No, only because I've always been surrounded by ladies. So like <laughs> when I think of one, I think of all, you know, like mm -hmm. I, even though when you're on your own, like I always think of like the millions of people who have my back. I mean, not millions to be so lucky. The like the people who always are there to like hold me up or prop me up or just like, you know, put a hand on me. So I don't. I also like to acknowledge my privilege. I grew up in a very matriarchal driven family mm -hmm. where I had a lot of really, really strong and powerful women like owning businesses. Like my grandmother went back just to undergrad when my mom was in undergrad. Like she finished her undergrad and then she went to law school. And then she like became a politician, like in her forties. So I've watched women in like all her life. She was, she talked about how she hated housework, how she hated being domestic, how she hated, like she didn't feel like it was enough, which like not to diminish if that's your life, you know, that's just my mm -hmm. grandmother's life. And for me, like I've always watched women have men say, yes, like go for it. You know, we've, I've been really lucky. And then when I got out in the world, I was like, oh, this is not that's not how everyone lives. Like, that's interesting. So I think I am very much a product of my upbringing and the people I saw around me, all the badass moms who like kept everything going. So like powerful ladies is, is all I knew. Yeah. We asked everyone on the podcast where they put themselves in the powerful lady scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself on that scale today and on an average day? I would say I'm like always a firm eight or nine. Even when I'm not doing well, like I'm doing well at something. <laughs> yeah. You know, like why not? Mm -hmm. Life's too short to be a five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've also been asking everyone who's on this podcast what do you need? What are you wishing for? How can we help? This is a big community. We have lots of resources. And I'm a firm believer that we never know who has like the next key that you're looking for. Um, so what can we put out there? What do you need? What do you want? How can we help you? We need more leaders. If anyone is interested in bringing badass leading to your city and you know a really great grassroots leader, like tell them about it, right? Like we need that. We need more women getting together, right? Like you don't need to be organized functions. Like just find these online spaces and say, who's around? How can we make a Google sheet with all of our names and email addresses and phone numbers? And like, let's walk and go to brunch, right? Like <laughs> we need that. For me, like we need funding. We want to make mm -hmm. our own app. And like, that's our next, like next year. That's our next mm -hmm. step is figuring all of that out. So we're like early stages of that. But like... Mm -hmm. It's exciting. The, what we need isn't out there. And I'm like, I'm not going to wait around. Like, this doesn't make any sense. I keep pitching to brands and they're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and I'm like, fine, fuck you guys. I'm just going to go do it. That's where all of my businesses have started. Either yeah. This is frustrating or that sounds awesome or usually a combination of both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. And what about for you? What are you excited about this year? What What's on your wish list that we can hold you up for? I have so much happy stuff going on. I'm like finally in a place where 
I board a couple times a week, which is really nice. Whoa, <laughs> look at you. I know. I love it. Like I can watch TV twice a week and be like, look at me. <laughs> look at me watching television. Like I I, I don't want to glamorize hustle culture, but like mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing for a vast majority of this. So like I was really like firing on all cylinders and it was really hard. Mm-hmm. And we have a good thing going and like we're just cruising right now, which is really nice. I think cruising for me is still like, <laughs> I feel like I'm the person in the circus with like the 30 plates and the uh-huh. sticks. You know, for me, like my, You're my, like, comfortable... I'm relaxing. Look, exactly. <laughs> I, I like don't want to make it seem like I'm working nine to five. Like I'm still very, like my therapist would be like, ah, <laughs> what? <laughs> but I, I feel like I'm in a very good place. I'm very happy mm-hmm. in my, in my personal life. And, I feel really grateful for the people who are in my life who are helping me. And mm-hmm. I just feel really grateful and lucky. Amazing. Good, right? That gratitude really makes a difference. Yeah. Um, for for everyone who wants to support you, follow you, help you find funding, all the things, start their own chapter, where can they find you, follow you, and support you? Badassladygain.com will lead you to all the things. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Well, it's been such a treat to connect with you and meet you over Zoom. Um, I've been a longtime follower, and every time I see one of your stories or posts, it just it makes life lighter. So thank you for bringing lightness to my day. And I just really want to acknowledge you for the space that you've created. You know, I really feel that loneliness, like, what the hell am I doing? Why did I take this on? Like, the number of days that I wish I didn't name a company powerful ladies because then I have to be powerful. I'm like, damn it. Um, <laughs> I feel that. So knowing that you're there and that we can care bear stare energy back and forth to each other, it, it means a lot. So thank you for holding up that space. Thank you for having me. This was so great. All the links to connect with Kelly and the Badass Lady Gang are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, please visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.